So welcome to episode two of season four of our podcast. I'm Mary Abazia, and I have Tom Spitali and Sean Wellham. Hi, guys. Hello, Mary and Sean. Hey, Mary and Tom. And actually, we're joined by a, by a fourth person, because apparently my neighbor's having a tree stump removed. So just <laughs> FYI. Welcome, Sean's neighbor. Yeah, I think we should start. You doing make, make these it in, some noise. We should do these in cafes or something fun next. You know, really make. If we're going to have noise, we might as well make it fun noise. Does your neighbor exactly know anything? Right. Of, does your neighbor know anything about the topic today, Sean? Maybe we can get a. I'll, I'll I'll open the I'll open the window and see. Maybe the contractor does. I'm not sure, but we'll uh, we'll we'll get them involved if they need to be. So um, in our work with uh, B2B, business-to-business type companies, you know, we're seeing that trends are um, significantly affecting our, our clients. And uh, some of our clients uh, are prepared and some of them are woefully unprepared. And so it gave us the idea for this season to focus on mega trends that uh, you, you need to know and, and give you some thought starters about uh, ways that you might think about preparing for uh, for them and, and hopefully even being uh, really proactive. So uh, the first episode that we're focusing on is about these trends, but Sean, in the, our first episode, Sean described trends as factors that are outside of a company's control that nonetheless um, impact its business and we have to face. So uh, Tom, what is the trend that we're gonna talk about here today? Today we wanna talk about the trend towards subscriptions. Specifically in the past, primarily the way that customers paid for products and services is they paid a lump sum, which gave them unlimited access or permanent access maybe to a product, you know, they owned the product, or access to a service for a predefined period of time. But today, there's this trend toward really businesses charging customers on a regular recurring basis, oftentimes monthly, to have access to a product or service for as long as the customer is paying the subscription fee. And of course, the subscription fee is typically much lower than the lump sum that people used to pay to to own the product or service. I guess the easiest example of this is software companies who in the old days or maybe not that long ago used to charge you a a lump sum and would need to actually come to their their customers offices and load the software onto the customers machines and when that software was out of date the company had the, the, the client had to pay another lump sum and the software company would come back out and reload the software or or have somebody uh, an IT person at the client site do such a thing um, what happened in the software industry is those companies went to subscription based pricing largely driven by the fact that the software was available in the cloud and now what customers can do is pay a monthly fee to have access to that software, including all of the upgrades immediately, as long as they're paying that monthly subscription fee. So that's how it works in, in, in software. But what we're seeing is an explosion of subscription-based pricing throughout many, many industries. Um, 
I even was the last time I had a massage as I went to pay for my massage, I was given a uh, offer to buy a subscription to uh, use the massage service on a regular basis by paying a monthly fee. So it's, it's, it's everywhere. And we wanted to talk about it today. Pluses, minuses, observations, strategies. Um, so that's where we are. Great. Well, Sean, what do you think is driving these trends? You know, it's 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 maybe it's a, a shift to this, you know, rent versus own or maybe, you know, use now, pay later. A lot of economic growth was driven by installment finance, right? People could buy furniture and household goods by paying small monthly payments. And you think about that, the basic dynamic is the same. Rather than having to see a large lump sum go out, people have seemed happier paying a small amount. And and even in the case of software, as Tom mentioned, or even massages, which I've not come across myself, but those things that it is, um, it, it gives you that certainty without that massive upfront spend annually or once every so often. You know, you're just paying, and and it's getting things in tune with your income. You know, your income cycle tends to be. You know, monthly, you get your household bills tend to go out monthly, and it gets things into that nice rhythm and, and irons out the peaks and troughs. So I think generally it's a very natural way to acquire stuff. And as we've got less maybe bothered about owning something, and as more products are intangible anyway, such as software, such as personal services like a haircut or a massage, it doesn't seem like that that is 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 countering the trend. So it it, it will naturally grow, and of course the businesses like it because it creates some certainty of of, uh, of income. You'd have some predictability with your future income stream. So I think there's a lot of trends and dynamic forces have come together. It seems to make sense for everyone, hence why it's growing and and and, and growing quickly. I think you make a, a good point, Sean, about um, it fits the income cycle. I hadn't thought of it that way before. Also, it seems like things that we buy on a monthly basis um, is, is really ripe for that type of a thing. And Amazon now, you know, anything that I've bought more than once, they they automatically put pretty pretty predominantly up there. You know, if you if you subscribe, and then you have to like unclick the subscribe, so they're kind of you know getting you into it. But grocery delivery, I've seen. Um, I think my favorite example of a subscription base that has proven this model is is highly effective is Dollar Shaver. And uh, Dollar Shaver went into it, and obviously over about five years, they built over 3.2 million subscribers. And uh, Unilever came along and bought them for over five times what their sales was because they had established this base. And uh, I think that that's, that's an important point if you're trying to think of just different business models like Dollar Shaver did was... Let's shake up an industry, but um, in doing so, build equity. And, you know, they didn't do it by just saying, hey, it's a dollar, but they really brought in um, the fact that they were trying to build trust with their people. You know, we're going to be honest with you. We're going to build trust. You're going to be the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and so it was, you know, it, I think one of the tricks of subscription is to build a relationship with your customers and not just say, you know, you're going to save a whole lot of money. You will save money, but there has to be something else more about building that that ongoing. 
I, I think that's that's the key part, Mary, is building that connection because you get a richer data set. You're touching them more frequently, even if it's just the payments coming in. You're seeing behaviors. You're 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 maybe sending out product, be that physical product, or you're sending out maybe updates on a regular basis. So you've got that more of a dynamic relationship. It's not a sort of fire and forget. You know, they bought the product. Now go ahead and use it until you're ready to buy another version of that product. So that connection is really important and one of the other reasons why it makes perfect sense to try and find elements of your offer that can suit a subscription and i think that's the big challenge is trying to find how many products or services can you build around this this regular payment regular contact model and that's the that's the challenge for every business to think through that i mean we i had my favorite one recently was uh, was socks a subscription service for socks I means socks wear out you end up thinking geez, I better go buy some more socks. Well, you can now sign up and get a pair of socks every month, every two months from the London Sock Company. I mean, they're pretty expensive, but it it's one less thing to worry about. I don't need to ever worry about buying socks because every month a new pair lands on my on my doormat. Yeah, I think for um, you know, low, lower tech items, I think there's that huge convenience benefit, especially for certain segments a very busy people that you don't want to have to remember. You don't want to discover one day when you open up your sock drawer that you don't have enough or that you, you know, the one pair that's in there's got a hole in it, you know, the regularity of, of, of having socks sent to you and the convenience of not having to remember is, is a big deal. I think for, for high tech items, higher tech items, what's interesting, um, an interesting driver of this trend is as we know, technologies are changing and improving faster than ever before. And the idea of continually paying a, a, a subscription fee for um, markets and items where there is a lot of change allows you to have access to the latest version immediately. And so that's true for software, but I think for other um, um, products and services that change frequently, it used to be if there was an upgrade, so to speak, you know, you didn't have X access to that unless you paid the, the, the new and often higher price to, to have that, that product or service. Now, as long as you're paying your subscription fee, when that that new and improved um, uh, product or service comes out, you, you you have immediate access to it. So that's that's a, a, another uh, reason why subscriptions are so popular. I think you that one. Make, oh, sorry, go ahead, Mary. Go ahead. I was going to say. No, you, you're, um, you're right about the software. What I do see as a best practice ever since my my uh, nerdy days doing uh, <laughs> doing forecasting it seems as though companies that offer the small medium large or low involvement medium involvement and high involvement in subscriptions do well because they give um, customers that want to you know really engage the high-end offer where you can you know do a lot or get a lot whereas if I want to you know dial it down I don't lose them out of the business but they can dial down to a, a lower version but stay stay in the franchise if you will. So that that seems to be one of the things if someone's doing subscriptions to think about a, a three-tier type of uh, an offer. Um, Sean, what were you going to say? Well, I was saying let's just think about what, what makes a, a, a model suitable for this subscription. We've said high-tech, particularly if there are upgrades available and it, um, it's an intangible software product. It makes perfect sense. A consumable, 
whether that's a sock or a massage, something that you you have frequently, but but you know by by making it a a a structured subscription model, you you can forget about ever booking another massage or buying another pair of socks. It works also, I think, when you've got some variability. I I developed a model way back in in contract hire for vehicles, and essentially we we were able to track vehicles' mileage and movement through satellite technologies. This was 10, 15 years ago. But the idea was you you would agree to pay a a set fee, and then that price would be adjusted based on the actual miles that you drove. So it was a way of offering someone certainty. Rather than saying you better opt for the 15,000-mile-a-year plan and then leave some of it on the table by driving less or indeed getting stung at the end of the contract because you drove more, we actually developed this thing where they would set a base fee and then every month would get an adjustment made. And that allowed us to have dialogue every single month. We may have been a quarter, but you, you see that sometimes it's not just about frequency of purchase or upgrades. It can also be if you've got some variability. Anything you can do to increase contact with the customer, that's where I think this really pays dividends. Hey, Sean, I think what you also have maybe exposed is part of the the what do they call that? The, the, the seamy underbelly, the dark underbelly of subscriptions, because the way you just described the way you guys were doing it was, was really above board, right? You, you were adjusting things uh, on, on usage, uh, on a usage basis. So every month mm. the, the, the customer felt like they, they were uh, done right by, you know, and, what can happen? One of the downsides of subscription, because we've we've I think outlined a lot of really great reasons to do it, and and, and probably underscored the, the strength of the trend by doing so. The downside is that sometimes people sign up for a subscription thinking that they are going to have a certain level of usage, and don't have that level of usage. And at the end of, you know, even though it's a subscription, there's always like a renewal period, right? You know, you buy a subscription for mm-hmm. a year, there's a renewal period. Sometimes it could probably generate some ill will if they haven't used it a lot and they feel like they really overpaid. So that's a little bit of, of the risk there that you mitigated, Sean. But I think most companies kind of <laughs> count on that, that breakage, if you will. That receiving that revenue and having some people not using utilizing the service as a boost to their their profits can be a risk. Yeah, I think so. You know that reputation is so important. Now, if you're if you're selling a, a product where you you don't really care about the utilization, you just want to get the subscription. You know, selling magazine subscriptions, you don't care if they read the magazine. You just care that they don't cancel the subscription. Maybe. And I think if you have that mindset, then you know, it's 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 going to backfire at some point because people, uh, you know, it's almost, to my way of thinking, better that you you actively manage and and say, you know, hey, you've not been using this, you've not been accessing this website or using the software, or you've not been using these minutes on your phone plan, and offering proactively a reduction. Now that might sound crazy, but I think there's a balance between maximizing profit and also maintaining that customer relationship. I think you're absolutely right, Tom. If you go into this with the the attitude of it's a way to skim off lots of excess profits, then then shame on you. 
it's not long term. You know, Sean, I want to add to what you're saying. Um, we do see that that some companies are are actively trying to to adjust based on what the customer usage is, but they make it so hard for customers. You know, customers have to log into a you know, an app that doesn't, you know, work very well. And it, you know, anything that requires the customers to have to work to, to figure it out is not a good idea. And it sounds like, oh yeah, of course, but I tell you, there's so many big, good companies we work with and they start out with a good idea. And then it just goes into this quagmire of, I don't know if it's IT or who who gets involved, but um, you know the intention. The more they try to make it flexible, the more it makes it just hard. So how can you make it flexible and simple for someone to be able to, you know, what's going on and adjust if they need to, and really see the value of what they're, you know, every month they go, yeah, I'm really getting value from this. I love this, you know, dollar shaver or this this massage. I think, you know, I think this is worth it to me. So. Yeah, Mary, I think if you're truly uh, customer-centric, I'm going to talk about the, the under, other end of the other side of the equation that I just exposed. The, the thing, the discipline that subscriptions does force on a company that's, that's offering them is if you want to get that renewal, if you want to make sure that the subscription-holding customers basically become an annuity to your organization. You have, you're, you're really incented to continue to provide value. So if you're short-term focused, you might think, okay, well, over the course of the renewal period, I'll get some breakage and I'll make some extra dollars. That's the wrong mindset. I think the right mindset is once I've got somebody on a subscription, I'm going to do, as a company, I'm going to do everything I can to continue to add value so that at the renewal period, they renew and they keep on renewing in perpetuity. That's, that's the, 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 the strong incentive that subscription brings to you know, the provider of goods, goods and services. Mm-hmm. So our prescription then, the ideal way to approach this is Iron out the peaks of, of the of the buyer so they're not hit with big bills or they're not left with, with out-of-date products. Uh, manage your own income stream by, by creating a, um, a, a, a subscription model, but tie that with deeper understanding of the customer's regular contact and making the customers feel that they're being helped in making the right decision. They're spending wisely and use it not only as a way of... of, of making income more stable, but use it as a way of increasing customer intimacy. Put all those together. And if you can find a way to do that in your business, that's the recipe for success, I guess we're suggesting. Yeah, I agree. And and you can do it on every industry. You know, we've seen it in pharma. I think there's elements of oil and gas where you can do that. Not everything, but there are elements where it certainly makes sense. Um, you know, I'm just thinking about really tough B2B businesses where in the past it might not have made sense, but now it does make sense to see if elements um, should be considered to do subscriptions. Tom, any closing thoughts? No, I think you both have summarized it uh, perfectly. The, you know, the, some, some good things for our listeners to think about um, as they are considering whether to, to offer subscriptions if you haven't done so already. Great. Well, again, um, thank you very much for uh, joining us on this podcast. We uh, we would love to hear your feedback, um, uh, either on on this podcast or topics that you think would be interesting to to uh, have us delve into. 
Um, you can go to the accidentalmarketer.com website and click on our podcast button to hear any of our podcasts and give us feedback. Or um, in iTunes, we have a, a podcast page, of course. So thank you very much and good luck with your trends.